the satanic panic really just don't hit like it used to. Moral panics in general. Not you the know same what I'm saying? Anymore. It's like every every once in a while you see the it, it's usually like Met Gala season, mm-hmm. right? Whenever like the Met Gala or like some fancy shit like that happens where celebrities dress up and you have Doja Cat showing up in like all red. You, you know what I'm or talking about? Or she's an actual cat. Or she's an actual <laughs> yeah. cat. Or like Sam Smith wears something crazy and like, look, it's Satan. Yeah. This is literally just Satan. He's got it's like, like devil horns and stuff. It still happens, but it doesn't hit like it used to, right? No. I feel like, what is it, in the 80s and 90s, like the the satanic panic, the yeah. satanic panic. You had motherfuckers talking about like, oh, D&D, it's going to turn your kids into Satanists. That's cool. Yeah. That's pretty sick. Uh, heavy metal, going to turn your kids into Satanists. That's also another really cool moral panic. Playing right? video games. Gonna Playing turn you video into the games. Devil? That's yeah. a good one. Uh, one of my personal favorites, if you play this record backwards, it's going to be the devil talking oh, to you. Oh my God, so good. Such a gap. Or you play the the Pokemon theme song backwards, and it'll say, like, praise the devil or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Those were sick. They were so creative, right? Mm -hmm. And they got so much airtime on local news because they had fucking nothing better to do or worried about. You know what I'm saying? But now I feel like those moral panics, they're they're just trying to do the same things over and over again. They lack creativity. They lack energy. Yeah, it's like now all the moral panics are just directly targeting trans people. Yeah, like they're all just of the bad ones, like yeah. the strictly bad ones for society, for minorities, for people in general. Yeah, they're not these like fun choose your own adventure stories. It's just like, oh, this crazy thing happened and it's trans people fault. Like yeah. that they did it to you. I would much rather have to be like, mom, I promise it's not the devil talking to me when I accidentally let my record play backwards mm-hmm. than have to be like, mom, no, gays gays are not grooming kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the, the, the level of discussion that you can have i'd just much rather have the i promise satan's not speaking to me in my ear when i watch harry potter the stakes are far too high well jk rowling is (laughs) (laughs) maybe the the demons are the friends we made along the way yeah yeah. no but yeah like the stakes are way too high now moral panics aren't fun anymore it's like actual life or death at this point Mm -hmm. it's like damn and it's like maybe the maybe the sam smith is the devil one would be more fun if we didn't also have the uh gays or groomers ones going on and all of the other race ones just pretty much everything else going on maybe that would be more fun but then it's like you look at that too and it's really like it's just because sam smith is gay too yeah like yeah. it's all just homophobia that's it all boils down yeah i mean and it was like it was that before yeah right? like that yeah. that of course existed before um perhaps a little bit e- even like more explicitly perhaps it existed before but like it's it's just no fun nowadays to engage in those it's exactly. just all like QAnon adjacent conspiracy theories that directly fit into the idea that like Jewish people run the world uh-huh. or it's yeah it's like it's like hating trans people hating gay people it's just like what are we doing like you know? I'd rather I'd rather everyone's a Satanist mm-hmm. than everyone is a Jewish person who wants to dominate the world because yeah. like it's it's much more fun to engage with the Satanist one you know what I mean yeah. it's much more fun to, to correct people on that because that one like you can have a little fun there too well yeah and it's like perhaps you, you could make a pretty strong argument that the uh, the Satanic panics of the past were functionally the same thing just yeah. in you know dressed up in a different way yeah. uh, uh, uh proposed differently for social consumption but i feel like back then people that engaged in those kinds of panics like you know the, the suburban moms mm-hmm. or whatever suburban white people really people that engaged in those panics didn't really connect it to like jewish people are taking over the world no. or trans people are indoctrinating your children or children or grooming your kids in the schools or whatever they just took it at face value and said like oh my god satan's like infesting my children's yeah. mind but nowadays, they all kind of know the euphemism as a euphemism, mm-hmm. people that engage in these things. And it's it's just like, yeah, you're just hateful. Like, yeah, it's not fun. Because it's like back then, the religious right was like much more casually religious. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We didn't have like, you had fanatics, don't get me wrong. But it wasn't like just fanatics.
fanatics that you were hearing from. Yeah. You know, maybe we are living in a godless society and that's the issue. (laughs) You know, know, maybe if people did have more God in their life, we could have these fun moral panics again. Maybe school prayer prayer does need to come back. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe maybe we are missing. Yeah, you know what? You're right. We're missing God. That's right. We we live in a godless, amoral society. That's the conclusion I'm coming to. That's got to be it. (laughs) Find God. Speaking of finding God, welcome back to the Sunday Sermon. If you're a wonderful Sunday supremacist, if you're a Wednesday weenie, I guess just welcome well, back. Welcome to Wednesday, the middle of the week. Well, yeah. Well, you know, perhaps even uh, a day later in the week, many of you listen on Thursdays, Facts. Fridays. Yeah, welcome to like hump day or yeah. another day. You're missing the news by like five days of that. Point. I, know. I don't know what you're doing. It's crazy. You might as well get on the Sunday supremacist wave. Uh-huh. Uh, and you can do that by going to patreon.com slash head in the office pod. You can become a patron and get early access to all of our content and exclusive access to to things we're doing in the future, including that's the right. live stream that's happening this Friday, uh, at May twenty sixth, twenty sixth, at seven p.m. EST. That's right, Eastern, Eastern time. time. Yep, New York time. Yeah, we'll we'll be live on YouTube. Uh, we'll be doing all kinds of fun stuff. Patrons will be able to to hop into the call and ask us questions through that's Discord. Right. That's we'll be right. able to to talk one on one with you. We'll have some more oh patron stuff that you can do too. That's a uh, exclusive to our patrons but cool. everyone's able to come we'll do a little q a do some fun things probably uh honestly since the it looks like a lot of news is going to drop this week mm-hmm. that we won't get to today uh we'll probably do some news coverage as well Facts, yeah. uh, probably have to do a couple segments of like uh covering things that happened because i guess ron DeSantis might announce he's going to run for president so, and that hasn't happened as of today so we might another have to do uh, front runner within the gop might announce next yeah. week it's rumored he's going to announce next week chris christie Front runner. <laughs> Wait, actually? <laughs> yeah, I just read it before we hopped on. <laughs> so fucking silly. But a couple of things might happen. We might cover some news, but we'll have some fun too. Mm-hmm. So, so don't you already worry. know. So, It'll uh, be a good time. May 26, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Better see you there on YouTube. Be there or the be office. square, honestly. Exactly. But if you want to support the show in other ways, you could check us out on YouTube. You could check us out on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Join our Discord. It's all in there. It's all in the description. Uh, do it and support us. Support your boys. You know, you know what, what to saying? do. And if you want to support us for another completely free way, you could always leave a five-star review That's right. on Apple for us to read this show, on the show. Today, we've got two of them. Two of them. You want to take the first one? I will take the first one. Wisconsin Hiddle Listener by Mason K 1213 Big cheesehead. That's right. Hey, guys. I've been listening for a few months now, and I'm thankful to have a humorous approach to a lot of the horrible things we see in the news. After growing up in rural southeastern Wisconsin, I've had a fair share of conflicting experiences with politics. Politics, and now I'm woke and crazy, according to a lot of my family. Mm. After moving and experiencing the real world, I'm a Wednesday weenie, but I'm planning on being a normal patron once I get all of my ducks in a row because I believe in your mission and messaging. I wish you guys had multiple episodes in the week, but I wouldn't want the Wednesday episode to be any shorter because I need the couple hours of sanity per week. Mm. Anyways, keep fighting the good fight, and I will be happy to support you. And I'm happy to receive the support. That's crazy. Uh, our boy Mason said, your mission and messaging, bro. It's our mission. We're on a crusade. <laughs> We're on a crusade against hate. You we know are on a crusade. We're spreading we love. Are. We're bringing God back to society. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're the ones saving God. We're the ones saving religion yeah uh bringing sanity as you said back to back to your week on wednesdays and sundays for for the real ones. yeah god is dead and i revived him and i will revive him exactly and you know the way that you can make it so we have more content per week but not (laughs) diminish what's in each wednesday episode you know what to do do. hit the patreon hit the patreon (laughs) our second and final review here is from julian is black come back to the cookout still don't bring nothing though um they say okay 
So I caved and here I'm writing another review. My initial review in episode 91 is Trump the new Tupac <laughs> was intended as a knee-jerk response from being exposed to the podcast. I think I remember that one. I do. Uh, two cishet white men being yeah. surprised. Yeah, I mean, that's the common theme for a lot of our reviews. <laughs> the bars in hell. Uh, still, I stand almost an entire two months later to double down on my absolute praise for the two fabulous co-hosts of Head in the Office, also known as Hiddo abbreviation oh yeah each week i'm fading for more content ever static to cheer on the non-melanated warriors jeremy and gage who valiantly navigate our abysmal political landscape Woo. as i said each week i listen to the newest episode usually more than once and then i head back into the archives to find more content more than once is crazy yeah i'm about 35 episodes back and the trend of anti-trans rhetoric and legislation is disgusting and appalling however it did motivate me to ask you both your takes on something we're getting some Q&A here. Mm -hmm. As a black mask lesbian, it's impossible to not see race in my everyday, especially with what's happening day by day. I wonder with both of your statuses as white cis, cishet white men, if you could elaborate on how race complicates, complicates the situation regarding anti-trans legislation and anti-LGBTQ rhetoric. I wonder if it's something you two could research, possibly bring into an episode, especially with anti-trans related trend in recent episodes, especially pertaining to the frequent perversion of culture within the black community. I'd also love to hear how you two view how that perversion is perpetuated through the existence of drag culture and trans drag culture in black communities. As a black listener, I trust your takes on almost anything and would adore how you both tackle the idea of intersectionality in relation to anti-LGBTQ rhetoric. To wrap up with uh, with my first semester finally, or not first, with my semester finally ending, I hope to upgrade to a Sunday sorcerer Whoa. once my hours are settled for my two jobs. Congratulations on graduating as well, and I'm excited for more Hitto Wednesdays in the future. We Julian might, we Schieder. might have to change up the Patreon tier names. Yeah, we might have to change those up now. Yeah, might actually have to. Uh, I know we did change one. The 25 tier is now called Angel Investor. We got some surprises down Absolutely. the road for that we do. tier. We've got some plans in the works. Things are if, cooking. If I'm to fire up the take mm -hmm. machine, exactly, real quick. Off dome, I would have to say that I feel like a lot of mainstream like LGBTQ discourse surrounding like LGBTQ issues just isn't super intersectional anyway. I think that's the case for a lot of uh, social issues. Like yeah. there just isn't intersections that we look for at. For sure, enough. especially when you look at like coverage especially from like, LGBTQ mainstream stuff. media right. and shit like that. Most of it isn't super intersectional. But if I was to put on my critical lens and analyze some things, I feel like I'd have to say a lot of it boils down to the same things we see with a lot of, uh, like, black issues in America, like how um, mm -hmm. AAV is appropriated, uh, a lot of aspects of black culture are appropriated into mainstream culture without yeah. recognizing their roots. Uh, specifically, I'd have to point to, like, like voguing and how that's come from ballroom culture and how ballroom culture itself was a response to racism within drag culture right. and within the community. Yeah, no, I think I would agree with that. And I, so for, for listeners that don't know, maybe you're not a longtime listener or you're new to like the idea of intersectionality. It's this functionally, it's a it's a theoretical framework that attempts to look at how different aspects of your identity or cultural identities play into different modes of oppression you may experience mm -hmm. or generally just how you would be treated by society and culture yeah. broadly. So, for example, you know, I'm a, a cishet white guy. So I'm not going to uh, experience very many modes of uh, oppression within society writ large, but under capitalism, as someone in my relation to the means of production, I am a member of the working class. Yeah. And as such, I will be oppressed in ways that everyone else that's a part of the working mm -hmm. class is. But say somebody who's also in the working class, say just a black cishet man, he is going to experience different forms of oppression compared to me as a white cishet man. And it kind of goes down the line with different methods or, or different uh, aspects of, of people's identity. Yeah. Um, intersectionality is a very broad theory, or I guess just broad mode of understanding. 
And I would go so far as to say it's just reality. It's gotta be. Like, it's gotta I, I mean, be. We, we talk about different theories and different ways of looking at different things. We address all kinds of arguments on this podcast, but I think it is just how the world works. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially in a culture that likes to divide people so much, but yeah. to the specific question, yeah, as you said, I think I don't. I, I think the issues that we see at the intersection of, say, being trans and being a member of the black community, or just being LGBTQ in general, are the same as as a lot of issues we see generally with how the black community is treated. But of course, yeah. it's amplified in the sense that a lot of the time, black people are treated as often either things to be displayed. Or things to be, I don't know, disdained or hated and, mm-hmm. and, and treated as lesser when compared to white people. Admittedly, I'm not a gender theorist. I don't know yeah. a ton about how gender interacts with other uh, other social functions or, or aspects of your identity. But I do think that, generally speaking, obviously the, the oppression that you experience is going to be amplified, as I said. But also, it's just... I don't really know how to fully articulate it, but it is this idea that you're just going to have more of, of things that are inherent to your culture stolen from you. Yeah. And it it likely goes deeper than that. And perhaps this is just something I need to think about more before I offer like a a fully thought out response. But yeah, generally speaking, I think it's, it's just about everything. you. I absolutely need to think about it more. And I'm sure, I'm sure we'll naturally get into it as, uh, as the GOP continues to come for any and every minority. Mm -hmm. We'll have to Mm. get to it eventually and just do more research and things like that. But even just like broadly going back to Jeremy's explanation of intersectionality, the way that helped me think about it back when I was still a little confused is like a, uh, a, gay black man uh to like you don't want to categorize things like this Mm -hmm. but it's a useful way to help start thinking about intersectionality will won't experience the world as being oppressed as a gay man and Mm -hmm. being oppressed as a black man separately they'll experience the world as being oppressed as a black gay man like Mm -hmm. they will be oppressed as a black gay man you can't separate those aspects of their identity out when considering the modes of oppression that happen against them right exactly yeah it's not like a a numbering system right we're not awarding like oppression points per (laughs) se exactly it's not like oh a gay man and a a gay black man and a white woman are one step away from right, exactly. white man and so therefore they have the same level of privilege it doesn't work like that yeah. there are people that try to tell you it does it doesn't that's stupid and corny yeah and oftentimes when it comes to race especially in a country like the united states you are first a black person before yeah. you're a man or a woman yeah and that's real i mean that's how people have been treated for all of history uh at least in the united states and the other thing i wanted to mention is that especially today when we're seeing this kind of onslaught against trans people this campaign mm-hmm. against trans people i do want to make it clear that the gop is using attacks on trans issues to mask their desire to go after other marginalized communities yeah, it's like what a wedge issue well like yeah i, I to think drive so. it in I, I don't even think it's that much of a wedge issue but they might be trying to use it yeah. as that but it's kind of it's become this like political bludgeon that they try to use that isn't really working but their attempt is to target the trans community right a community that people often don't interact with mm-hmm. it's less than one percent of the u.s population they don't have any real political power for their uh, as trans people you don't have any real political power there, there's inside no such thing of as your like own a, group the trans vote right exactly <laughs> there's it's no not, trans voting block that is controlling yeah. legislation across and the country we can already forecast that the gop is just going after trans issues now because they want to go after the lgbtq broadly in the future yeah. we can see that but i do also think that they are targeting trans people right now to cover for the fact that they will go after other marginalized groups mm-hmm. in the future. And we're, I mean, we're talking about immigration this episode a little bit later on, but, or actually I think it's the, the first new story we have, yeah. but obviously the racism that has been latent in the Republican party is still there, right? Mm-hmm. They don't 
hammer on it as much right now because they have another minority group that they want to target, but it's yeah. still there and they will get there eventually if they're allowed to continue to seize political power. Um, and that's my, that's a little bit of analysis. I guess I could offer off that question. Excellent bit of analysis. And I think what an excellent segue to yeah. the first topic. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Florida house bill 1718. Yeah, that is the first thing we got to cover. I, again, I feel like I feel kind of bad. Cause like, I, I don't know a ton about gender generally speaking. Like yeah. I, I'm, we've talked about gender abolition before. Right. And I yeah. still believe that of course, but I'm not, I'm not super well read on that kind of stuff. So um, I do. Perhaps now, you, you all have a different take. You could tell us now that I'm out of college, I do want to read more now that I don't have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm no. saying? Now that I don't have an assigned reading list. The psychological incentives. Every week, now I can <laughs> yeah. actually want to do it and not have to do it for class. So let's get into the news then. If you spend any amount of uh, time this week online or looking at headlines, you'll know that the, uh, the right in this country is pretty angry about immigration. Part yeah. of it is because of something that we mentioned, I think two weeks back now, which is the end of Title 42. We've covered that a lot. If you want to know more about it, just go listen to our previous episodes on mm -hmm. it. But it seems that Republicans are using the end of Title 42 as a means of uh, garnering some some more hatred and policy action against uh, immigrants. And they always phrase it, they always frame it as, you know, we just want to stop undocumented immigration, illegal immigration. Yeah. But of course, we all know it's broader than that. It always has been. Oh, absolutely. We just want to stop brown people from entering the country. Right. That's, and that's really exactly. it. And honestly, like, like I just said uh, a couple of minutes ago if you're tired of this uh the new age moral panic over trans people old school racism this episode that's oh what we're yeah focusing on a return to form really <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, for the gop it's, it's just it's it's classic racism it's classic xenophobia like that that's all this is really. yeah if, yeah this if, is if you want to pre a real classic yeah if i do yeah. say so specifically though as gage mentioned we're talking about an immigration bill out of florida this is florida bill 1718 it was passed basically in direct response to the end of title 42 and it's one of the most sweeping immigration bills out of a state legislature that I've seen in, in quite a long time. For real. It's huge. It's a it's bad huge. one. It's a bad yeah. one. So here's what the bill does. It offers general regulation on businesses in various ways, including requiring businesses with 25 plus employees to use the federal e-verify system to check the citizenship of all employees. An important note is that businesses were already required federally to use e-verify, but Florida here is cracking down on businesses that employ undocumented immigrants, which has a lot of nuance to it that we'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah. But just know the system already existed, but now they're uh, they're taking it a step further. It outlaws employing undocumented immigrants if they're flagged by the system and prohibits recruiting and hiring undocumented immigrants for employment. And it starts with a fine of $1,000 on businesses for your first offense as uh, employing an undocumented immigrant. And then after that, it's $2,500 for all subsequent times, which for small businesses and specifically the agriculture industry, which we'll talk about in a bit, that's going to be uh, it's going to be a lot like uh, it's going to be a ton, actually. Isn't there something about there being like a ten thousand dollar a day fine for businesses who like knowingly hire undocumented immigrants? That might be true. I couldn't find I heard something about a ten thousand dollar number. Yeah, I couldn't find anything on it. But that could be true. I'm Word. not sure. OK, I'm not sure. OK. Uh, it also makes it illegal for those here undocumented to practice the law. I thought that was strange, uh -huh. but I guess if, if you get a law degree as an undocumented immigrant, can't use it in Florida. Uh, <laughs> word. <laughs> okay. <is> crazy. <laughs> uh, it also allows, and this is, this is pretty big. It allows for the state to make random checks of businesses to ensure compliance with the law, which is, uh, is kind of strange coming from a Republican state when Republicans are supposed to be the quote unquote pro business party. Yeah. That seems pretty, like pretty huge state intervention in my mind. And, it, and it's also crazy considering just like the, the dollar amount that these fines are. 
Mm-hmm. Like it's it's kind of crippling to any small business that may hire like I don't know so, may hire just somebody under the table. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, well, and that's the thing, and and I'll get into this analysis a little bit more later. But the thing, the the crazy thing here is that obviously it is just straight up anti-immigrant, right? Yeah. That's the purpose of the bill is to hurt immigrants, especially those that are here undocumented without having their papers in order. But it is also sort of anti-business in a way that we haven't seen from the Republican Party. Not that it's bad to prevent businesses from exploring immigrant labor but of course they're not doing anything to ensure the individual here is actually taken care of they're just yeah. hurting both at the same time which is like bizarre to me i don't know what the point of this is and, and it's also Other really than to weird be when we consider like the demographics of florida in florida 21 percent of the state is populated by immigrants mm-hmm. and 35 percent of entrepreneurs are immigrants and they bring in a combined 8.1 billion dollars of income to florida yeah. i was watching an msnbc segment that was like detailing this and uh the person who was giving out these stats said something along the lines of i think like 500,000 Americans live with someone who is undocumented in a mixed status household. Mm. I couldn't tell if she was talking about America broader as a whole or just Florida because everything else was framed as just Florida. But either way, right, when you have 21%, like a fifth of your population is immigrants. Most people who are undocumented or here illegally are here because they're on overstayed visas. Mm -hmm. So when that significant amount of your population is just immigrants, they're going to have people living with them that like their visas expire and they're just staying there still like most people. That's how all Uh these things work. And to be clear, we've made fun of Ron DeSantis and the Florida GOP in the past for like posing as a border state. right? And I want to make it clear really quickly. Like obviously Florida does have a big immigrant population, right? But we make fun of Ron DeSantis because it's clearly not the same thing as say being in Texas. Yes, yeah. a, a actual border state that is on the border of another nation like Texas is going to deal with the issues of a border state in the way that Florida isn't. Yeah, we understand that many, many states in the south, including Arizona and California, et cetera, experience high immigration. But we make fun of Florida because it's like people are Ron crossing. DeSantis is kind of just like playing theatrics with the immigration issue. Yeah, it's like people aren't crossing an imaginary line in mass just to walk into Florida. Like yeah. people aren't crossing a line and oh you're in one country now you're in Florida. Mm-hmm. That's that's not what's going on there. And and that's besides the fact that immigration into a state in the United States is only a good thing economically. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Which I mean, you know, 8.1 billion dollars in revenue mm-hmm. from 35 a third of your workforce is kind of significant, you Yeah, know? you would think so. Right? <laughs> a third of your entrepreneurial workforce. But as I mentioned, uh it's not just business regulations that are in this bill. It also requires hospitals to collect and report immigration status information to the Mm -hmm. state, which is kind of crazy. It imposes penalties on municipalities that issue IDs to those that aren't official U.S. citizens. It, quote, criminalizes Florida residents who shelter, support, or provide transportation to undocumented immigrants. And it uh, adds funds to the state's, quote, unauthorized aliens transport program, which I'm going to guess is like busing people to Martha's Vineyard. Oh, yeah. It's explicitly getting people from Texas to Florida so that they can send them out from Florida to somewhere else. That's crazy. What's Nuts, the, that's right? just a waste of money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> so cool. So cool. Uh, additionally, with the hospital thing, there's a there's a point where you can choose not to answer if you go to the hospital and you have to fill out this form. You can choose not to answer about your status and you won't be questioned about it. Okay. However, what that does is that creates an unsafe environment for people who are undocumented who may need to go get critical care. Yeah. If they see that they're just going to be asked these questions, because people are going to be like, oh, they're just asking questions. Fuck off. If they see that people are going to be probing them about their status and they're scared of being deported, whether they're an asylum seeker or whatever reason that they're over here, they're not going to want to go back to that hospital system. Mm-hmm. They're 
they're not going to want to seek care and they're going to be discouraged from getting the help that they need. Yeah. That's ultimately what's awful about this. And this is kind of the GOP modus operandi as of recently, perhaps in the past too, but certainly uh, recently looking at the news, they kind of are just trying to exclude everyone from their healthcare systems, right? We oh, especially the, in Florida. Yeah. Especially in Florida. Well, we, obviously we've talked about bans of gender affirming care for children and in some states just for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, but last week we talked about that one Florida bill that basically allowed people to reject uh, your needs for healthcare on the basis of like religious beliefs or moral yep. convictions or whatever. That's just going to prevent people from getting care. Uh, I think there's a similar bill in Texas that passed. And then there's this one, of course, that makes mm -hmm. it so undocumented people just feel like, or just immigrants in general feel like they can't go get care because they may flag some system and then get deported and yeah. be separated from their family. It's it's dumb. Yeah. It's silly. It's not good. So all of these regulations are set to take effect on July 1st. So pretty soon the law was recently signed into law by uh, Ron DeSantis. And politically, of course, as I mentioned, this is a response from DeSantis to the end of Title 42. And it's also an attempt to capitalize on the uh, perceived weakness on the border from Joe Biden, which, as we've talked about, very much not weak on the border. But that's mm -hmm. what Republicans are always going to say. But it's like the, the biggest thing with this is it's just like it was so unnecessary to go to this extent. One, 100%. from a moral standpoint, obviously, you know where we stand on that. But two, just from his own political perspective, because mm -hmm. he's gone way too hard on the issue for reasons that we'll outline soon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, a couple of things stand out to me is that one, uh, and obviously this is going to be more of like a left leaning take, but yeah, nonprofit groups and others that offer aid or support or, of course, shelter to immigrants uh, for any reason are just going to become criminals mm -hmm. under state law now like you you just can't help these people otherwise you're what like uh, aiding and abetting yeah do homeless shelters right. have to give out uh have to have to give out for what's your home address right right <laughs> and like uh, repeated offenses are, are going to carry felony charges now that's insane and, and that was in the bill like obviously these uh non-profit groups of which there are hundreds or thousands in various states including florida uh they just can't help people that they want to anymore and of course, like people coming across the border are some of the most vulnerable in the population. Yeah. Um, which They're already is, leaving it's just, it's pretty much everything they got just right. to get here. It, it's just straight up evil. It's just evil. Second, uh, of course, and what we need to talk about more extensively here with some nuance is the impact on Florida businesses that this is going to have, yeah. which is huge. I have a quote here from the Pensacola News Journal. They said, quote, the Farm Workers Association of Florida, which is a grassroots nonprofit that advocates for social and environmental justice with farm workers, estimates that there are about 300,000 farm workers in Florida who live in the state illegally, making up about 60% of the state's farm workers. 60? 60. That's a lot. <laughs> now, here's the thing, right? And this is not a new trend by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Our, basically, our entire agriculture industry in the United States is held up by low-wage labor through undocumented immigrants. Mm -hmm. This is always the case, right? It is a very exploitative practice. It is meant to pry on the most vulnerable within the population because, of course, they can't advocate for themselves. Yeah. They can't demand higher wages. They can't demand they legally be paid the minimum. Otherwise, they just get deported. Exactly. So you can capitalize off these people being in vulnerable positions. It's a horrible practice. And this is the case in Florida as well. But the problem is... The problem comes in that Florida's economy and many Southern economies are designed to be reliant on this kind of low-wage immigrant labor. And of course, they take advantage, again, like I said, they take advantage of the fact that they can't advocate for themselves. But by cracking down in this way, they're only going to torpedo their own economies yeah. and the U.S. agriculture system. Like, it's only going to hurt people what in both ways. What happens when you start f 
finding the farms, whatever, however many thousands of dollars per day for each one of these 300,000 employees that they employ Mm -hmm. when they eventually fire them all, get rid of them. They all get deported, whatever happens with that. Right. Mm -hmm. And then bam, you've lost over half of your work, agricultural workforce. You can't feed Florida anymore. And again, we're not saying like, this isn't a defense of that exploitative practice where they hire undocumented immigrants for super low wages, treat them terribly because they know they can't fight back. Uh The important note here is that their solution, at least, Ron DeSantis' solution isn't one that's designed to help the individual immigrant. It's not one that's designed to root out exploitative business practices. It's just to hurt both the immigrant and the business. Yeah, it's it's not even designed to help the people of Florida. No. it's It only actively hurts the people of Florida when they cripple the agricultural industry within. Right. Because if they wanted to do something about businesses and their exploitative practices being propped up by undocumented labor, meaning that businesses have a an economic staked interest in mm-hmm immigration continuing to happen if they wanted to do something about that their solution would be again to crack down on these practices and then ensure that all the workers regardless of immigration status are treated fairly and they would want to make a path to citizenship or at least residents in their state a bit more accessible yeah but that's not what they're doing again they're cracking down on the immigrant and the business there's no real solution here it's hurting your own economy and of course there's humanitarian concerns when the immigrants just being obliterated as they always have been. it's it's crazy how it's just explicitly bad right yeah, because yeah, from both the, sides the care here is it's it's not at oh my god these people are being exploited that's bad they're they're not finding the businesses because they're engaging in an exploitative practice and mm-hmm. an immoral practice they're finding them because they are employing not brown employing people. brown people exactly <laughs> yeah. like that's what it boils down to for me here is that the, since the point isn't to protect businesses right because you'll you'll often it's hear not to protect floridians you'll, you'll often hear right-wingers argue that um undocumented immigration is bad because they'll try to like feign humanity <laughs> they'll, <laughs> they'll say that undocumented immigration is bad and needs to be curbed because they can be exploited in this way mm-hmm. but that isn't to address that it's not to protect businesses in any way. It's just to further white supremacy. Yeah, it's, like, it's that's my not even away. that like, oh, yeah, they're taking away jobs from Floridians. It's just, no, they should not be here. Mm-hmm. He's he skipped so many steps right. on the path to just being an overt white supremacist. The, the typical Republican um, strategy towards immigration mm-hmm. is to fear monger about it, obviously, yeah. to gin up uh, fear and support amongst their base, say that we need to do something about illegal immigration. We need to crack down on them, which has always been loaded in white supremacy, mm-hmm. of course, um, this just general disdain of immigrants coming from the southern border but of course not the northern border or any other white country (laughs) on the planet but the general take has been to fearmonger about that sometimes implement policies to do something about it but never go so far as to hurt the bottom line of businesses that exploit this kind of labor yeah this has always been a contradiction within the republican strategy towards immigration and border issues but now we're seeing ron DeSantis break with that and i have to believe and again it's not to support the immigrant right I have to believe it's like just racism, right? Like yeah. what other explanation no, is there? There's no economic explanation. There's no humanitarian explanation. It, it's just racism. He's culture ward so culture ward so he's been yes. such a good culture warrior uh-huh. that he's bought into the culture war himself and isn't considering political ramifications of the things he's doing, isn't considering economic ramifications. He's just addicted. He's just chasing the dragon of that media coverage that comes with these culture war issues. Right. It's like, it's like on a on a statewide level, the intrusive thoughts won. Yeah, <laughs> like the intrusive thoughts being white supremacy and bigotry, of mm-hmm. course. Like, it, it, like I don't I don't have any other real political, economic, Marxist explanation for what's happening because he here. he keeps signing bills that just get worse. Like. It, 
attacks used to be not even used to be like two months, two, three months ago, they yeah. were still more targeted at specific groups. Unfortunately, like this mm. is all unfortunate. This is all bad. Just understand that. But still, they were more pointed at marginalized communities. And now with the bill he signed last week about um, protecting doctors, conscientious concerns in healthcare, allowing them to object morally to yeah. treat some patients, there's still, the bill was written and he signed it in such a weird way to where it would allow for exceptions for not just trans people, like doctors could discriminate against people for other reasons mm -hmm. maybe they're obese maybe they're whatever watch last episode if you want to hear about that coverage but with this bill it's just hurting everyone in the state that's what i'm saying and the united states as a whole yeah other states follow their lead here it's it's he's culture works like, so hard so when it comes to ron DeSantis, and i guess conservatives as a whole right now when it comes to uh their crusade against abortion for example or trans people lgbtq writ large there's a couple of methods of explaining this. Mm -hmm. One of it is that they're just hateful, and this is what they want to yeah. do. Another is it's to mask, you know, their actual intent with the economy as a whole, or it's to cover for their the fact that they have no actual policies that they believe in. But the one that's shining through for me right here is that they're just stupid. Yeah, like this is this is straight up bad political strategy, bad economic strategy. You're not helping your state. You're not furthering political ends in any real in any real substantive way. You're just and you're you're pissing off businesses. It just seems like like it, it's purely motivated by racism here. Yeah. In the past, we used to see white supremacy be used as a sort of cover and means of mobilizing people politically to hide the real economic goals of supporting the elite. But now we've kind of seen that flipped. Yeah. Like like the white supremacy is obviously still there, but that's now the primary goal, whereas the economic interests are kind of falling behind. I don't know if this is like an important historical shift that we need to pay attention to, <laughs> but this this seems notable and I don't really know what to do with it ideologically. It's no and it's just it's again, it's just so weird watching how far the culture war has gone in such yeah. a short amount of time yeah. where they are crippling themselves, even politically, right? Because I've seen like Ron DeSantis has been doing some other things, like his battle with Disney. I was, yeah, That's I was been politically that kind of really bad for him. Mm -hmm. I think I saw, uh, was it Tim Scott? It was somebody. Rick Scott. Rick pushed Scott back pushed him, yeah. back against him in Florida. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Telling him like, hey, you you shouldn't do this. And like Rick Scott as the chair of like financing GOP for funding. the yeah. GOP funding yeah. is telling you like, hey, back off. Yeah. <laughs> like Rick Scott is an actual demon. He sucks. Right? Like he is, he is like upper rank one of the 12 keys. You know what I'm saying? Like he's an actual demon. We covered him. We covered his what? 21 point plan to restore the soul of America. Or and it's like tax like poor that. people more. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's like Rick Scott is actually horrible, but he knows how to find the money, even if he's not good at it. Like that's uh -huh. what he's supposed to do. He's the, the chair of funding for the RNC Republican yeah. national committee. So he knows what he's doing. And he came out with a very subtle, but still noticeable, mm -hmm. Uh, critique of what Ron DeSantis is doing, saying you need to cool off Disney because Disney has the money bags. Yeah, and and historically, Republicans and Florida generally has been very accepting or considerate of what Disney wants because billion dollar company uh -huh. bringing um, so much money to the state. But now, as you said, uh, Ron DeSantis is is sort of losing the plot amidst the culture war. Yeah, and I don't know if he thinks this is a good move. I don't know if he came up with this on his own. I don't know if there's some staffer or political strategist saying this is what you need to do to win in 2024 or mm -hmm. enter the primary as we'll talk about in a moment but it's it's horrible like it's just bad politics it's nuts because it's like it's almost like at this rate next week we're gonna see him just go old school white supremacist and say we need to get the irish out of here we, we need to get the irish the germans are swarthy we can't. yeah he's gonna pull up some slur from like 1850 he's gonna start quoting ben franklin we're talking about other white people who used to not be super white and he's italian like what are we I don't, I don't know what he's doing with this. I can't. I mean, some people 
perhaps liberals, will try to ascribe some grand political strategy to this. And Ron DeSantis, of course, is evil. He's also a demon himself, but this just doesn't come across as smart to me Mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. I feel like the idea from him is probably to contrast himself with Donald Trump and get some notches under his belt to say, like, look what I've accomplished. I fought what I've actually done. Because what he's literally saying is, you know, I I fought woke Disney. I cut off illegal immigration. Florida's doing great, et cetera, Mm -hmm. et cetera. When in reality, of course, he's only harming himself, his own chances and the people of Florida. Yeah. Um, and just like straight up harming uh, all the immigrants that are in the state, which is millions, <laughs> by the way. Especially if he goes forward with his uh, six-week abortion ban. Yeah. Because that's another yeah. like politi- thing that people – the GOP is not focusing on abortion bans right now mm-hmm. because it killed them in the midterms. Like there's a political reason. They yeah. obviously want to get rid of abortion, right? They core tenants of the party because yeah. they're strictly evil ontologically <laughs> yeah. even if you will Emissaries of the devil. but again at least now they recognize broadly most of them recognize that they shouldn't be focusing on that because it's a bad issue optically for them mm-hmm. not ron DeSantis though no. he's completely foregone optics yeah yeah <sighs> and some people will debate back and forth if if ron DeSantis is like ideologically committed to these issues if he's ideologically committed or uh, committed to like the core tenets of fascism yeah and maybe he is maybe he isn't i tend to believe that he is like just a fascist yeah and, uh, ideologically perhaps he isn't but either way he is he's fumbling what he thinks is a winning is multiple winning issues in the culture war. and it's like maybe not even on purpose i think it's explicitly because he just got addicted to the news coverage mm-hmm. i think he's just a slug for it i think he's a slut for having his name and all these articles and having the praise from like the the extremist portions of the gop yeah but that's the thing is that regular americans look at looking at him attacking disney maybe some that even don't pay attention to politics will look and be like what the hell like, like I, love, hey, yo, I like disney world it's the land of magic or fucking yeah. whatever they go by like why why are you attacking like i don't think this is selling well with your average american same thing with like the bud light the m&ms like uh-huh. all of the culture war issues but especially this one he's attacking a billion dollar corporation it's not going to go well for him we know how well money influences politics mm-hmm. but he's not doing it for reasons he's not doing it because he wants to like oppose yeah. the elite especially when the rnc chair it's, is on your ass he's literally funding. yeah he's literally just mad because disney was like hey maybe you shouldn't hate gay people no because it's crazy because <laughs> that's, it. that's all that they did all that they said was guys maybe the don't say gay bill is bad <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they they lightly pushed back and said this is a bad law we shouldn't support this yeah. like that was it and i think they had refused to comment on it for a while too and then eventually yeah. they just like caved depression they're like yeah we'll come out and say that maybe this isn't good right because that's all they did because workers at disney were like hey yo we need to say something we're based in florida yeah. we bring in probably billions of dollars to the <laughs> state because we're a huge company and lots of people come here for disney mm-hmm. like even rick scott was on saying i think he said something like or maybe this was just most uh, of the tourists are like over half yeah the he said over half to the tourists come to florida is for disney yeah like if disney pulls out Brother, like, what are you doing? That's a lot of money, especially when so much of Florida's economy is tied up in hospitality and tourism management, partly yeah. because of Disney. Yeah, and I, I must say that it is nice for for once that the corporation kind of isn't pushing back against, you know, some some good cause like higher taxes to help people or like <laughs> yeah. public transportation or something. Like we see so often, for example, with Elon Musk when he completely undermined public transportation systems in Nevada and California. Mm-hmm. And it's nice for once to see corporations flexing their power to push back against the most insane politician in the country. Yeah. It doesn't like, cause I recognize the power of capital. I recognize how it undermines the democratic functions of our country, but Ron DeSantis is truly evil. And it is really interesting to see how corporations are kind of turning on the right wing that typically supports them. 
Um, yeah. Who knows that this trend will stay, but it is, you know, it, it's nice to not be the one on the chopping block, you know? Yeah, it, it is nice to say that, okay, maybe uh, the corporation didn't do something just evil yeah. again. Yeah. We talk about that a lot. Like, uh, it's 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 going to be June soon, right? Uh-huh. So we're going to see all the, the pride flag uh, corporation oh, logos, God, dude, I'm not I'm not ready for the discourse. Um, I'm, I'm really not. Like, we, yeah, the can get pride stuff. Like, that'll be fun. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> but so we all know that rainbow washing is like, it's really annoying. Corporations only yeah. do it because they want to cover for their awful business practices, whatever. But I do think it is getting to a point where, like, regular Americans are, are becoming more and more tolerant. And just the fact that, say... I don't know, Ford will have a rainbow colored logo. Uh The fact that that pisses off Republicans so much doesn't sell very well to regular people anymore. Yeah, it's it's crazy because it's like, what is it? Like Ian Miles Chong posted like something on twitter the other day and it's just like get ready for uh, some dumb shit again it it was was just just, all the logos it was just all the rainbow logos like that's it like they get so mad about it and i don't understand how people don't just constantly call them out as just man babies Mm -hmm. there's like uh even like the ramifications of the bud light situation you know what i'm saying (laughs) so many videos blew up on tiktok of dudes just like throwing away cases of beer i saw i guess jack daniels got rolled up in it i don't know how i'm not a huge big alcohol guy right but i saw some dude throwing away like $500 worth of Jack Daniels Mm -hmm. and like Jack Daniels merchandise and stuff. I saw another video of this dude. He had one of those beer cap like bar tables and he was just scraping up all the beer caps. He's like, fuck in wiser bush it's like dog you look like a child well you're it, having a tantrum and then they just went and bought another anheuser bush uh product yeah like and yeah, they just they, continue to fund them. or they bought a coors light yeah. who supports pride like, <laughs> yeah the the bud light uh trans bud light and its consequences <laughs> like I, I i still they are they are way they are way overcompensating uh and overextending on these issues yeah. i just i don't think it's good for them uh and this is a it's like gotten to the point where they're just uh handicapping themselves economically and the country as a whole economically yeah, yeah, like it can't yeah. be good it can't be good um to pair with this ron DeSantis attack on immigration though there was also a gop house bill that passed it's a little bit less significant because it's not going to get through the senate of course mm-hmm. but it kind of pairs nicely with uh, what ron DeSantis was trying to do so from cnn this bill quote restarts construction of the border wall increases funding for border agents upgrades border technology reinstates the remain in mexico policy places new restrictions on asylum seekers and enhances his requirements for e-verify same system we talked about before um it's just a messaging bill right it's an indication of of where they want to go it's just a bill to say oh here look at what we're trying to do and look at what the democrats won't do they clearly don't care about immigration yeah no because of course right if they did care about immigration they would address the root causes they Mm -hmm. would be more careful in who they're targeting they would want to treat immigrants humanely because again they're some of the most vulnerable people on this side of the planet more careful in who they target with coup attempts you know what i'm saying (laughs) maybe maybe it'd be people that were just separated by the sea Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we wouldn't have as many issues uh yeah surprise surprise the gop doesn't actually care about what they're saying they care about right it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. uh, i think it's time to move on to our next little section though we gotta talk about that's tiktok right. that's right well, in the future of us exactly what's gonna future. affect us directly so if you live in montana i got bad news um i don't know how many montana listeners we got maybe like one I wouldn't be surprised if we have one, maybe uh, somewhere between one and three. Yeah, you think we're across all fifty states by now? Gotta be. I think we're present in every state. I think in the country? we. <laughs> it was like two months ago. I think we looked at our analytics on what was it, Anchor, mm-hmm. and it gave us like a breakdown by state of some oh, of our yeah. listeners. I can't remember if all fifty of them were there, but what I do remember is we had a, our, I think our largest, like the plurality of our listeners, were in Texas. Yeah, which yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. was crazy. So shout out to y'all. Maybe that's Florida now because we talk about them all the time. True. <laughs> But last Wednesday, Montana became the first state to ban TikTok for all residents in the state, and it's set to take 
effect at the beginning of the year in 2024. That's nuts. The governor of Montana had a pretty simple message. He wrote on Twitter, quote, to protect Montanans' personal and private data from the Chinese Communist Party, nice. I have banned TikTok in Montana. He's um, a soldier for freedom. That's just, it's kind of pretty simple, right? Riding on the back of an eagle to come sign this bill, let me <laughs> yeah. tell you. Oh my goodness. Uh, from the Associated Press, quote, Montana's new law prohibits downloads of TikTok in the state and would fine any entity, an app store or TikTok itself. $10,000 per day for each time someone is, quote, offered the ability to access social the social media platform or download the app. The penalties would not apply to users. So I guess it's generally a good thing that individuals won't be getting fined, yeah. but it's still pretty crazy. It's also nuts, like $10,000 a day just to host, like, the ability to download TikTok. Mm -hmm. What, are you going to demand that the app store, the Apple app store, take yeah. down TikTok? Or are they going to have to, like, region lock it so you can't do it in Montana? I don't know. Because, like, you, you can region lock stuff, right? Yeah. But then, of course, you could just download a VPN and get it. Uh-huh. Um, I don't really know what they think. I, I Well, obviously, I think the goal of this is just to posture and uh, rev up anti-China sentiment because China's scary. It's, it's, I don't know yeah. what else it could be for, It's 100% to posture. Uh, maybe Montana felt like they hadn't been winning enough of the bad bills in the culture wars, <laughs> yeah. so they need to get themselves in the spotlight. Just in the like headline. Every other fucking Republican state has been trying to do recently, but I, this bill's not going to go through. It's not going to stand. You don't think so? No, absolutely It is not. being challenged in court yeah, by like I, everybody I, on the planet. I think it's going to go up, and maybe it goes up to SCOTUS. I feel like this is a bill that's like ambiguously weird enough to even this this current makeup of SCOTUS would be like, this is not You think standing. so? Yeah. I, I could see the, the conservative SCOTUS pushing it through and being like, yeah, TikTok's banned federally now. <laughs> like, or, or I guess just allow for that to happen. Yeah, actually, we're going to open the door, and actually, this would be good. Yeah, and it's like, obviously, Montana and the Republican Party in Montana, or I guess in every part of the country, mm -hmm. doesn't actually care about the theft of data. If they did, every social media company would be banned from access. Yeah. But it, they're not going to do that, right? It's just TikTok because China's scary. And it's also like if users aren't going to be penalized like like the restrict act that we covered before yeah. that made it like what a felony or some, <laughs> some shit crazy. to have tiktok on yeah. your phone if users aren't going to be fined i feel like what we're going to see what happened with flappy bird happened yeah when flappy bird was taken off the app store and people everybody just downloaded it and then five years later sold ipads with flappy bird for like 300 extra dollars well even so I, like tiktok's huge right yeah and, and it offers or it stands as a sort of means of getting information for a lot of people uh -huh. and i don't think that people are really going to like give that up so yeah. I, I don't know what's going to happen I don't like, know it, like if that happens nationwide i don't know what's going to happen with montana it might get overturned tons of people are suing so maybe it won't go into effect because it is set at the beginning of the year in 2024 yeah. so who knows it's also like fuck. Worst case scenario, what people are just gonna put post the same content to Reels and yeah. Facebook, and then Meta will have your data. Oh no! Yeah, in America, yeah, but company. that's okay. That's okay if Meta has your data and does fucky things with it. And then if Meta goes and sells it to the CCP, that's cool. But right, if they sell it to China, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, even if TikTok has all of American data stored on American soil as they've promised to do, yes. that doesn't matter either. No, no, no. It's just because TikTok's scary. TikTok China scary. Because mm -hmm, we're yeah we're drawing the association with China and they're bad. Yeah, but that's a, a tiny little news story for you all. If you live in Montana, shout out. Let us know in the comments. Facts. Hit us up. Let yeah, us know actually. if you're from Montana. Uh, I guess I I don't know. I mean, it's not like life changing by any means, right? We no. existed before TikTok. We can exist after. But and um, it's like you it's you found us on TikTok. Most likely, you're still gonna have it on your phone. Mm -hmm. Oh no, our Montana creators gonna go yeah, down after that, this. That's a good point. How are they gonna get it off the phones in Montana? if you've already got it especially because they said there's no penalties for having right 
there, it's it's really just like a do nothing bill. What is this going to manifest in like I don't know fifteen years when people who would have had TikTok if it's even a thing by then like mm-hmm. won't have it now? Like oh look at what we did. Yeah, TikTok users are down in Montana. It's, <laughs> yeah. I don't even yeah I don't I don't know what the intent here is. I don't know how they get it off of people's phones right now if it's that big of a threat because they yeah. don't have to re-download it right. Like it's it's just there. You can just have it. Like so, you just got it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of states. I don't even know if a lot. Some states have gone as far as. Uh, um, making it illegal on like federal devices, which is like fine, whatever. Who yeah, cares? Yeah, sure, I get it. Uh, but individual devices is, um, I mean, it's a step, right? Uh huh. I don't, I don't know what it's, what's going to come from it. It's Seems kind of dumb. It's, it's a weird step if this could stand. Like yeah. they can just start banning shit from your device, you know, yeah. like that. Like that's, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of wild. I think the world would be a better place if we just banned all social media. I yeah. think my brain would be happier probably. No, that's what I think. Cause like sometimes but. when I like wake up in the morning and scroll on TikTok for 30 minutes, I feel awful. Twitter's, like, Twitter's like the bad the one. Rest of the day. Twitter's the, like, I'll just get up and see so many tweets that are like Benny Johnson. That's cause and, our feed is yeah, awful. That's, maybe I, should, I, I think I got to stay off Twitter in the we've morning. curated our feed to be just so awful. But yeah, <laughs> got him. Honestly, this bill is just worse for Montanans mental health, right? Cause now they're not going to be like, mm. oh, you know, maybe TikTok's bad for me. I should delete it. Now, now they're going to be like, oh, I can't delete it. Yeah. I'm never gonna be able to get it back and uh, ah. they can't do a social media cleanse oh wow they can't do it fuck dude fuck Man, montana's just bad real and now, montana i guess up. going from this uh this relatively small issue we're gonna go to the biggest yeah. of issues the the world economy <laughs> and we're gonna, the incoming collapse the incoming collapse the debt ceiling is falling people and mm-hmm. we're about to be crushed right so just a couple updates really quick update for this based on what actually happened this week okay. is biden came out and he said that tougher work requirements are off the table for medicaid mm. in debt ceiling talks however he left the door open to expand work requirements for snap and basically what McCarthy and the Republicans took that and did is um, they're making it so that able-bodied adults without dependent kids will have to work until 55, which is up from 49 in order to receive SNAP. It's a cut, by the way. That's a big cut. That's a big cut. The Congressional Budget Office estimated that about 270,000 people (laughs) will lose benefits if McCarthy and the rest of the Republicans got their way. Right. And so a lot of this debate has been framed around work requirements, right? Especially for SNAP and Medicaid, which Biden's not going to budge on Medicaid, which is good. But the problem is that uh, the idea of work requirements, not necessarily their impact, Mm -hmm. but the idea of work requirements for welfare is pretty popular among a lot of people because it's like, yeah, obviously you should work if you want to get these benefits, right? That's that's how a lot of people Mm -hmm. feel. The problem though is that it's something like, generally for for welfare programs in the US, it's something like 90% of people that are on them are already working in some capacity Mm -hmm. and those that aren't have like some kind of disability or some reason why they can't work, perhaps they're looking for work or something like that. So the only thing that work requirements really do are kick people off that are already meeting the current requirements mm-hmm. or just add more paperwork so that the people that are right now on it won't really know how to, if they are eligible for it again. Yeah. And it just takes healthcare away from people or I guess food assistance away from people that do that are eligible for it, but no longer know how to get it because you added more obstacles Mm -hmm. to it. Like it just hurts people. That's what I'm saying. If conservatives got their way with what they want with Medicaid, with Medicaid, they want to make it so that you have to engage in 80 hours worth of work-related activities every month to still be able to uh, qualify Mm -hmm. for it. And I think some couple other things, right? But speaking to like what they think of this, McCarthy says, quote, uh, these actually these work requirements are going to benefit the public by quote lifting people out of poverty by putting them into jobs. That's crazy. Yeah, because like that's 
an empirical thing to say, right? Uh-huh. Like you are saying that if we add these work requirements, empirically it'll lift people out of poverty, which of course, if you look at the history of welfare in the US, that's just not the case. Yeah. The addition of work requirements does force people into the workforce, but it doesn't lift them out of poverty because they don't have the benefits that they had previously and anymore. It's that, and it's also conservatives love to talk about underemployment without ever actually addressing underemployment. Yeah. Or did I say un, in uh, unemployment, unemployment yeah, without yeah. addressing underemployment, yeah. right? Because underemployment is a huge part of the issue. Yeah. It doesn't matter if someone is working 40 hours a week. It doesn't matter if someone is working 60 hours a week at two jobs. If they're not making enough to meet their like needs, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. They still yeah. can't live. Like surviving is a threshold that you have to hit. Yeah. You can't afford to not hit it. Mm-hmm. And some people are just barely scraping by no matter how much they work, no matter how employed they are yeah. because employers just aren't paying enough. Yeah. And that's also besides the point that like we would have less people on healthcare if we had universal systems such as universal healthcare, yeah. right? Like we would have less people that are needing to stay on like food assistance or other welfare programs if they already had access to what they need because they wouldn't have to dedicate so much money to necessities like healthcare for survival. Mm-hmm. But of course, we're not interested in creating a welfare system that actually delivers for people. We just want to create a system that is compatible with the coercion that's necessary to keep capitalism running. Yeah. That has always been the point of our welfare system, at least since the point when we started cutting it uh, a little bit before Bill Clinton, like Ronald Reagan and all mm-hmm. them. Like that's that's and the point right even now. Even speaking to just the things that they think or don't think about underemployment, right? All of these discussions are always framed on the person who needs the assistance and never on why they need that assistance in the first yeah, place. Yeah. These discussions are never framed from conservatives and most liberal people, honestly, on corporations like Walmart mm-hmm. who will forcibly not let you work more than part-time so they can deny you benefits. Mm-hmm. Corporations like Walmart who are sub subsidized by the government in the fact that uh, some percent it's like a significant percent i can't remember what it is of their workforce is on food stamps Mm -hmm. in addition to their employment at walmart because they refuse to give them the hours that they need to survive and when you're working part-time shitty hours you can't really get another job because it's hard to schedule those two things over each other and you have no benefits yeah i don't have numbers on this but i do wonder how many people wouldn't need welfare anymore if we just raised the minimum wage yeah like i wonder how many people just wouldn't need to be on medicaid anymore wouldn't need to be on SNAP or any other uh, welfare. Bro- like, I, I got to wonder. I got to guess it'd be quite a few. That or just had need it. socialized medicine. Or yeah. I'll not say the scary word. Just had Medicare for all. Mm-hmm. Like, a better system. If uh, healthcare wasn't tied to your employment status, mm-hmm. I wonder how many people would be able to do better for themselves. Because that, um, if we change the culture of medicine yeah. in this country, instead of uh, treating diseases that are already there to preventative medicine and yeah. treating diseases that could manifest, because that's a huge issue that we have with our healthcare system. There's just there's so yeah. much underscoring this issue that conservatives don't want to look at. Not to mention that, of course, morally, it'd be better to have like a Medicare for all system, for example, because everyone yeah. gets what they need. But also economically cheaper in the long run like u.s citizens pay less in all compared to what they pay now uh through private insurance right now i think we have the most healthcare expenditures of like the other oecd nations and the lowest like get out of that system yeah, what outcome. we put worst in outcomes, the worst yeah. outcomes yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. worst medical like, outcomes we're, we're not even talking about that here right that's not on the table hasn't yeah, been really yeah. hasn't been on the table in u.s history for quite a while now <laughs> 
And what we're dealing with is like cuts to the one of like cuts to a healthcare program that is already insubstantial for thousands of people that need it, mm-hmm. which is like, like <laughs> it's just evil, right? Like what McCarthy is saying is either it's global collapse or uh, two hundred and seventy thousand people lose their healthcare, <laughs> lose snap. food insurance, lose or food snap. assistance, food which assistance. is nuts. Yeah. Two thousand two hundred seventy thousand people can't eat. Yeah, but it'll be good for them in the long run. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, additionally, another thing that <laughs> Republicans it's, it's wanted the, <laughs> it's literally work will set you free. Yeah, like it's out. Yeah. Oh my God, bro. Another thing that Republicans want to do is they want the bill broadly to make it harder for states to exempt workers from work requirements to get their benefits. Mm. So they're going in and meddling with like a state process and who gets approved for benefits and saying they're going to make those requirements stricter on what the states can do. But states' rights. It's crazy because we have a federalist system. When it it comes to Medicaid, uh, I think it was Arkansas tried to implement work requirements or did implement work requirements to get Medicaid and they went terribly. Like oh, people real. just got kicked off. It didn't actually improve any. Like the point of welfare should be to improve someone's life. Uh-huh. Uh, and even if you want to take the conservative view that we should wane people off it, it wasn't good at doing that either. It just hurts people. Right? <laughs> that, nice. Who'd have thought? Taking away <laughs> benefits sinks people further into poverty. Who would have thought? That's crazy. Yeah. But even like beyond, that's really all that I saw that happened with the debt ceiling this week. Okay. But because it's like what May twentieth or twenty first. Today's the twenty first. It's t- right it's now. May twenty first. Yeah. We have what ten days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've got like 10 days. Probably like two congressional sessions. Global financial (laughs) collapse happens. Uh, Beyond the negotiations themselves, we're getting to a place where even if a deal is made, it could still hurt the economy. Of course. And so per USA Today, the White House has estimated that an 11th hour agreement could still increase interest rates, upping borrowing costs and hurting investments. Specifically, it would hurt third quarter GDP by cutting growth about 0.3%. That's a lot when you consider all of our GDP, right? And 200,000 jobs could be lost wow. just because a deal was made at the last minute. That's, that's it. That's great. Right. Well, yeah. And like there was a, a time during the Obama administration, I want to say like 2012, 2011 or something that's like what, that. That's what I'm getting to. Oh, okay. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So if they wait a couple days before the June 1st deadline, yep, okay. uncertainty could manifest in the stock market much like it did in 2011. And in 2011, these standoffs resulted in the S&P's global ranking downgrading the U.S.'s global credit ranking for the yeah. first time ever. Uh, it also resulted in the S&P 500 dropping 50% and decreasing how, oh, that's not 50. That's supposed to be 17%. Okay. My bad. The S&P 500 dropped 17 percent and decreased household wealth by 2.4 trillion dollars jesus christ that's more wealth lost than transferred from like the poor in general the working class to the rich during the pandemic that's and if you thought that wealth transfer is big this is just gone yeah right evaporated evaporated borrowing costs rose so interest rates are higher consumer and business spending declined and employment went up 0.3 percent yeah and then again in 2013 these standoffs caused a government shutdown and economist mark zandy estimated cut the gdp by 0.5 percent yeah, no, like it's it's nuts, and that it didn't even happen there, right? Like yeah. we, we didn't default. No, it was a, and that's they made the deal a couple days before the deadline. Uh-huh. But because our markets are based so much on speculation, and our markets mm-hmm. kind of run everything, when you get to the point where people are concerned about if a deal is going to be made or if we're going to default and lose our investments, of course, the markets yeah. are going to get a little wonky because people are going to speculate mm-hmm. that things are going to be bad and start pulling out. And it'll only get worse if it goes on. Like the longer it goes yeah. on, more and more people will be hurt. Especially Especially when we run out of money to pay for the healthcare programs that Kevin McCarthy wants to cut. Mm-hmm. 
like I, I can't state this any more clear. If you're talking to other people about this, if you see people online talking about this, the reason we are in this situation is solely the fault of the Republican Party. Yeah. So many people like to both sides issues like this, or they like to say that both teams are in the wrong here. They're saying Biden won't come to the table and negotiate. But the problem here, the parameters of this debate have been set by the Republican Party, mm-hmm. and they have said that if Biden's not willing to come to the table, we will crash the global economy. Not because we have to, not because we're in a position where even if we get all of our demands, the national debt will actually go down. Yeah. But because they, they are saying that if you don't kick these people off of the programs that they need, we will sink the global economy. Which is also crazy because I think they want something like a $4.8 trillion cut. Over like several years. Yeah, over I yeah. think 10 years. Yeah. Probably. That's, and that's like number. nothing compared to what we have in total debt. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Uh-huh. Like it's, it's not actually going to help anything. It doesn't matter. This is another like it's a signaling thing, mm-hmm. right? Because part of so much of how Republicans strategize when it comes to elections is that Democrats spend money rampantly. We need to rein in Democrat spending. Mm-hmm. That's that's all the focus is. That's like of half course. of their fucking messaging. And then they, so they raise the deficit themselves. Have to do these things. Yeah. Trump historically raised the deficit higher than what Obama inherited during the 2008 <laughs> financial collapse. Like, yeah. come on. And that's pre-COVID. And and nobody cares about that. No, nobody ever brings it up. And like even outside of the blatant hypocrisy that always surrounds talks of the national debt. And beyond the fact that their plan won't actually cut the national debt by that much, Kevin McCarthy, in his demands, wants to cut all of the programs that have generated economic growth throughout the Biden administration and will continue to further Mm -hmm. on. The green energy programs, for example, a lot of those, even if you come at this from like a even like a a neoliberal standpoint, those are good. There's tax cuts in those. Those will help businesses grow and transition us to green energy. He wants to cut those as well. And you know how we could functionally do budget cuts like by not actually doing budget cuts? We could raise taxes. Yeah, of course. We could raise taxes on the wealthy. We could raise taxes on corporations. We could get more things coming into the budget that could be going to pay down deficits. That's not on the table for them, Uh -uh. right? That's not even something they're negotiating about, (laughs) which is nuts. Like, Like if you wanted to tackle national... And like... Having a, a nation having debt isn't really as much of a problem as Republicans want to frame it to be, right? Like it it encourages um, interdependence within the global economy. Yeah. It helps USD obviously because we're like the world superpower. So us having debt isn't necessarily a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But even if you do want to reduce debt, like yeah, the way to do it is by raising taxes. Uh-huh. That's that's how you do it. It's that's either raise it taxes or cut spending. And when cut spending comes down to cut programs that people need to survive, I'm mm-hmm. thinking raise taxes is a good one, especially when raising taxes is the moral thing to do. That also reduces inflation, too. At this too. point, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Raising taxes is just something that needs to happen anyway yeah. because rich people pay no taxes. Corporations pay no taxes. Some case, literally zero taxes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, again, as we talked about with Ron DeSantis, there's a couple of... Um, ways you can analyze this to figure out what the real intentions are here. I think for Kevin McCarthy and most Republicans, it's probably to run cover or defense or protection for the wealthy. Mm -hmm. This seems to me like, because of course, right, they're not going to um, tackle uh, increased tax rates. If this was a good faith debate, they'd be talking about increasing tax rates. They'd be talking about military spending. Yeah. That's off the table. But they're not talking about any of that. Um, They want to cut welfare programs, which just help reduce vulnerability among the working Mm -hmm. population, which protects them against exploitative business practices. So the idea is, you know, McCarthy's probably pushing for these things. One, because he'll lose his job if he doesn't. Yeah. And two, because he wants to run defense for businesses. But there also, of course, is a pretty good case to make that they are just being fucking stupid. Yeah. Like this is like. They just don't know what they're doing anymore. There's a good. Yeah. There's a good case that like either McCarthy's lost control of the party and has to do this or and maybe at the same time. 
uh, this is just bad politics. Well, it's it's both because he has no control. He's the yeah. speaker of the house. Like he is supposed to be the leader, the guy, the majority leader of the party within the house, and he has to capitulate to everyone else's demands lest mm-hmm. he lose his job mm-hmm. with a vote because yeah. that's a part of the demands that guy am elected. We can just call a vote whenever to kick you out. And the thing that gets me is that budgeting's got to happen soon, right? Like they got to pass a, a fiscal budget pretty yep. quick for In the fiscal like year September. that's coming up. Yeah, exactly. They got to start working on that pretty soon anyway. So why not take that opportunity to do it at the budget where you can literally pass programs and mm-hmm. and decide how much money you're going to pay for things which will reduce the debt rather than do it now when economic colla- global economic collapse is the alternative yeah like you are you're passing up an opportunity you know is coming that comes at the mm-hmm. same time every single year to do it right now yeah. where the the and I know Kevin McCarthy doesn't want to crash the economy like not actually no he definitely <laughs> no, doesn't he, right? he can't like nobody does right? right right like well well he he himself as someone who's been in Congress for a while as someone who is the speaker now and wanted that position is like controlled by businesses right uh-huh. like he's a part of the republican party like they, he's, his donors can't want him to crash the economy yeah like he's not a, a marjorie taylor green uh divorce lauren bobert like he, <laughs> that's not who he is right he's not one of those guys he's an establishment he guy fundamentally is an establishment guy so you gotta think that this actually like he doesn't actually want to crash the economy but it might happen because he is capitulating to the most insane people in the republican party right now yeah so i don't i don't know what a what a goofball there has been a take that um, McCarthy might get disappeared before that happens, but who knows? <laughs> like, you got to believe someone's going to step in, right? Like some, some business some, interest. has got to happen. Like, like a business hey, yo, interest. Is, they got yeah. a lot of money, you know what I'm saying? Like, you Dis- can make a lot happen with a lot of money. Disney's going to get fed up with Republicans. The mouse might like, come through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, Disney's going to get fed up and be like, oh, yeah, no, this is unacceptable. This can't happen. Like, this you, can't you, happen. Like, surely, surely it's not going to happen, right? Right? Holy shit, bro. I just, the, the, the absolute state of the GOP right now is, in, that's really the theme of this episode. Mm-hmm. I feel like the absolute state of the GOP is nuts. Oh, yeah. They are in fucking disarray. And like, part of me, part of me thinks just because we've never defaulted that, like, of course we're not going to. Yeah, you know what I mean, like, like there, we, we something's, can't, right? Something's gonna happen. Joe Biden's gonna give. McCarthy's gonna give. They're gonna pass like a discharge petition that'll make it through uh-huh. the Senate. Like something's gonna happen yeah. to ensure that the the global economy doesn't collapse because that's gonna hurt the elites, right? And they're mm-hmm. the ones with the power, of course. But I mean, perhaps we're at a time fascism has decayed the minds of Republicans enough to the point where. They're just willing to throw in the towel to, yeah. to cancel Especially woke Joe because, Biden. Right. Like it's either they've gone way too far in the culture war or they're just fucking stupid. In reality, it's got to be a mix of the two. Sure. When we have budgets coming up in September, mm-hmm. why don't they just extend the deadline to September so that they could veil any budget cuts as things that would happen to the normal budget? Mm-hmm. Right. Because yeah. Joe Biden is saying he's holding on all these issues. OK, it doesn't matter if he's holding on them now, because come September, he's probably going to cave on a lot of these things yeah, yeah. because there won't be mounting political pressure because people don't pay attention to budget discussions like mm-hmm. that. Like they're paying attention to this because it's the number one issue. So if Republicans really wanted to do something, why wouldn't they push debt ceiling talks so far that they could hide these? budget cuts within a normal budget discussion right like even even if it's not kevin mccarthy that's making that choice why wouldn't the ones who really do want to press the red button just yeah like wait yeah because i i want i really wonder and i I actually have no idea how this is going over with like regular voters like do they see this and be like yeah kevin mccarthy's fighting for americans because trump said we should just default i I genuinely have no idea don't know what regular people think about this i'm so politic pilled that i'm i've only been seeing people on like the conservative subreddit saying yeah we need to rein in the democrat spending i know they hate 
that we have like a, such a huge national debt, like average people. Yeah. Right. Cause you look at that's that. That's like a talking point. You yeah. look at that and you're like, like, damn, I can't have a debt that big. Why did, why does the U S government Facts. get to, right? Like people have been trained so thoroughly to be anti-government by conservatives that of course they're going to have this, mm-hmm. this slant against us having a national debt, even if they don't fully understand the economic implications. But I really don't know what they, what they think of Kevin McCarthy's move here. Like I, 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 I just I have know. no, usually I can like empathize and place myself in their position and like try to look at it a bit more uh-huh. objectively outside the leftist view. But with this, it's just so like insane that I don't yeah, know. I can't turn the politic brain off and like, yeah. I can't step outside like the realm of politics on this one and try and understand it. Maybe people don't know how bad it'll be. That could be part but of it. But the issue is like, this isn't like one of those like little big issues where mm-hmm. it's like a huge issue, but it doesn't get covered very often. It's something that's all over the news all the time right yeah, now. Yeah, every like, day. Everybody's right? got a take about it. So it's like, yeah, I do wonder what just like regular people think about this one. Mm-hmm. I don't huh. know. I don't know. Maybe I it's guess another we'll instance of just conservatives hurting themselves when it comes to the primaries. Yeah. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be a primary season. Yeah, I can say that. There's, much. I mean, there's only a few options here, right? <laughs> like, there's only a few off ramps. One, it's like Kevin McCarthy caves, loses his job, and we get a clean debt ceiling raise. Joe Biden might cave. That's another option. Uh, uh-huh. He might come to the table and negotiate, and we might, you know, thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people get kicked off what they need to survive. Yeah. Or it's default, right? Like, I mean, Holy there's not many shit, options at this bro. point. And as you said, we're already at a point where markets are going to start freaking out because it's yeah. not like we're going to get a deal. Well, I guess I shouldn't predict. The, I the get closer over, we but. get to it, the higher the chance that interest rates go up for you. Yeah. And the higher the chance that spending by, like, consumers is going to have to be reined in because exactly. you won't be able to afford things anymore. Yeah. And spending by businesses will be reined in because they won't be able to afford things anymore. And banks are refusing to give out loans at lower yeah. interest rates. They're Like, that's, that's what happens. That's the mm-hmm. actual cost. That's what's going to happen to you because of the political games that Kevin McCarthy is playing. You're not going to be able to get a fucking car yeah. because of the things that Kevin McCarthy is doing right now. I hope that he has a very hard time sleeping at night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. It's it's getting wild, and uh, maybe the government can't do a money spread. Yeah, got, like, he's got to be up maybe. on crazy stimulants to get these deals through. <laughs> like JFK during the uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, actually, like, they've got to be... waking up in sweats. <laughs> they've got to be doing some crazy shit to be able to get through these negotiations. Because yeah. I saw, like, a quick schedule of, like, all the meetings that Biden was doing for, like, I think it was either last week or this upcoming week. That shit's nuts. They got that dude. They got to have that dude ramped on some cocaine. And he's out of the country right now, too. Yeah. He's in Japan for G7. G7, yeah. I think it's Japan. Yeah. So who knows, man? It could, I don't know. Come tomorrow, like Monday morning, maybe we'll get a deal. Yeah. Um, sometime during the week, we could get a deal that passes Congress before it's too late. But it could also get to the point where we hit June 1st and that's, you know, yeah. like they hit the red button. Yeah. Shit. Um, if a deal comes through tomorrow, oh, wow, that's crazy. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Pretend that this is a deal came through uh, today on Sunday. Oh, guys. Well, we did it. A clean debt ceiling raise. That's that's Woo, pretty good. I'm Woo. so proud of the Republicans. And then pretend that it wasn't a clean raise. Oh, fuck. Uh, they did the thing and <laughs> 270,000 people are yeah. kicked off a of snap. <laughs> Joe Biden uh, agreed to cut insert welfare program. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how awful. I'm so sad for all of you. Fuck. <laughs> Let's talk about some election news real quick to close out the episode. Uh, First of all, I want to talk about a mayor's race out of Jacksonville, Florida, where a Democrat actually had an unexpected win. Really? In a a race where they were projected to get get clapped pretty hard. I was going to say, Jacksonville's kind of conservative. Yeah, in Florida, too. Uh, Donna Deegan won over Daniel Davis with just 52% of the vote. Not the DD versus DD. That's That's crazy. The alliteration is nuts. Yeah. She won with just 52% of the vote. And this is, this victory is big because this was in a county that Ron DeSantis won by, I want to say 12 points, maybe more as a pretty overwhelming victory back in November. Um, and this race, we didn't follow it very closely, but, um, I hope that Florida Democrats can learn a little something from it. 
Uh, I want to say last week, or it might have been, it might have happened two weeks ago, but they were still counting ballots. See, that's Because the nuts. corrupt Democrats, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah exactly. They got to count every ballot twice, you know what I'm saying? Making yeah, a list yeah. and checking it twice exactly. to make sure the Democrats They got to count my three ballots by. that I sent in, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they have to expel those real quick. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, that's nuts just considering that it happened two weeks ago because I feel like that just gives further, like, weight to our arguments earlier in the episode about mm-hmm. how DeSantis is kind of fucking everything up. Yeah. Like the reason he got his landslide victory in uh like the this last round of elections, mm-hmm. I don't think it's because of his culture war issues. I think it's just because people liked not being locked down during COVID. It was yeah, COVID lockdowns. So that's what I was gonna I, say. I think that's really it. And mm-hmm. now that we don't have to worry about those like COVID is COVID is over, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like nobody's worried about it anymore. We're not having lockdown measures. All they see are the culture war issues. And mm-hmm. like, hold on, I like going to Disney, though. I yeah. like being a Florida resident and getting a discount on Disney tickets. I, I honestly think that's why Ron DeSantis did so well. Is because throughout 2020 and 2021 and into his race, he was railing so hard against the Democrat total lockdown of the country, yeah. which never happened. Of like, course. that's the only thing I ever heard about him. He wasn't yeah. doing culture kept war Florida shit open, back right? then. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We kept Florida open during this shit. And it's like, I feel like this is just evidence to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, One other race that I'd like to flag really quickly before we get into a big presidential announcement. Oh, yeah. Is the uh, governor's race out of Kentucky that's actually happening later this year. I think this might be the biggest election of the year. Oh, really? Um, Well, because it's an off year, and that's when Kentucky does their governor elections. So I don't know of any other big statewide ones that are happening. You all can let us know if there's something happening Uh in your state or in a state that you know about. Um, But for those unaware, Kentucky has a Democratic governor right now, Mm -hmm. Andy Bashir. A uh, pretty popular guy, but his opponent is going to be a Republican named Daniel Cam- Daniel Cameron, who's actually Kentucky's state attorney general right now. Kentucky's so fucking weird. Isn't yeah. that also where Mitt, not Mitt Romney, fu- Mitch McConnell? Mitch McConnell and uh, Rand, Paul. Uh, Rand Paul. Yeah. Yeah, libertarian. <laughs> Nuts. And then Democrat yeah. governor, that's crazy. Yeah, so Andy Bashir is going to be going against this Republican. Um, I, I, I don't have a prediction, obviously, but it's a race mm. to look out for and uh, one that we're definitely going to cover because there'll probably be debates. Uh, perhaps primary debates that we'll see pretty soon. So, if any silly. election is rigged and stolen, it's Mitch McConnell's every single time. Oh, 100%. His approval rating is in the shitter all 15%, the time. 15%. Like, what are we talking about? And he about? still wins. Like, mm-hmm. there's no way. There's actually no way. Yeah, no. If, if any voter fraud is happening, <laughs> it's for that it's guy. Kentucky. We got some big news, though. Okay. Some, some big news. A presidential announcement. Some of you may have seen this in the news. Oh, presidential announcements, baby. Let's go. Let's go. If you all might be surprised by this, but my mom was actually the one that told me about this first. Ooh. I didn't see this. And then she was like, I saw somebody announced. I think it was, uh, I can't remember his name, something Scott. And I was like, oh, it's Tim Scott. Because we, we, we covered that he of was course. thinking about it, toying with the idea. Got he was um, presidential curious, but now he's uh, fully announced. So nice. he's uh, he's going for it. So <laughs> Presidential curious. <Let's laughs> yeah. Go. South Carolina Republican Senator Tim Scott has announced that he's running for the GOP nomination for president in 2024, meaning we now officially have five contenders for president. That's Donald Trump, Nikki Haley, Vivek Ronswamy, our guy. Yeah. Uh, Asa <laughs> Hutchinson, and now Tim Scott. Who is Asa five. Hutchinson? Former governor of Arkansas Did announced. Did cover her? Uh, it's a guy, actually. Oh, so fuck. don't misgender Asa. <laughs> yeah, my bad. Um, it's, he, he poses himself as like the anti Trump Republican, not going to go okay. anywhere. Um, and that's generally my take on Tim Scott what, as well. What, have, what happened to our dude? Uh, our dude Vivek, John John Bolton. Oh, he's he's still presidential curious. He hasn't announced. Oh, he's just curious. Yeah, I think he's he, just experimenting with the run. <laughs> the, yeah, the first time we brought up John Bolton's run, was he was just like toying with the idea. Oh, okay. okay he said okay. he was going to, but I'm I'm really hoping I can jolt for the bolt. I, you know I'm praying I can jolt for the bolt. He's experimenting with the run. He he dabbled in college a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. 
if anyone's got business running for president, it's that guy. That's right. The jolt. That's right. Um, so I didn't watch his announcement speech, and I'm not going to. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Tim Scott's because... It feels like a waste of time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's not gonna win. Like he's not Ron. Let's be real. <laughs> he's not Ron DeSantis. Um, he who also might announce. We'll get to that in just a second. Yeah. Uh, he's not Donald Trump, of course. So he's he's gonna be pretty far behind the pack. I do think he's a bit more likely to win votes than like Nikki Haley, for example. Yeah. He kind of comes across as uh, the unity candidate for Lincoln the Republican Party. Guy. Yeah. No, not even that because he's not gonna oppose Donald Trump. Oh, he's always been supportive. Oh, word. But he comes across as like the unity candidate, the one who wants to bring people together. I don't really know where the appetite for that did, is in didn't Republicans. Didn't they get but absolutely clapped in Pennsylvania? Like, who wasn't there someone there? Yeah, I can't even remember his fucking the name. The dude who we always forget. Du- not Doug Mastriano. That was like James something. It, I don't know. I don't fu- it, this is just speaking to my point. He walked how, down Pennsylvania or Philadelphia Boulevard. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, Pittsburgh Boulevard. But yeah, like he went up against Dr. Oz, David McCormick, Kathy Hutchinson. Bro, I don't know. And I like the two other candidates. And he was the one guy there who's like, yeah, you know, I think we need to return to the middle, return to center and work bipartisanly. Yeah. Absolutely clapped in the primaries. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. even considered. <laughs> no, he like, came in last, right? Yeah. yeah. So Tim Scott, I think he's going to run as the unity candidate. And I say that because and I think we might have covered this speech before, but he gave a speech in February where he said, quote, I see a future where common sense has rebuilt common ground, <laughs> where we've created a real unity, not by compromising away, not by compromising away our conservative but by winning converts where our movement can once again carry 49 states in the popular vote uh so i'm guessing he's going for the unity slant See, over everyone else that's nuts because the, like he'd do so well as a liberal mm-hmm. you know like yeah. shamefully he'd do so well if he was just doing this like as a liberal yeah they eat that shit up like when a sheriff pretends to be a democrat but it's really a republican exactly. but has to be a democrat because they're running in a city uh-huh yeah it's like one of those you <laughs> know what i mean 100 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, like of course um the, they're never going to win 49 states <laughs> Uh, the way in which our country is divided right now, no party, I guess the only other option is Democrats. Democrats also will not win 49 yeah, no, states, uh, but probably will will win the popular vote in most cases. Um, but of course, as long as the GOP is trying to torpedo their own economies and their global economy, continue to wage the war on trans people, drag queens, hates Bud Light, like they're not going to win any anything no, like that. No, um, they're, they're not. not as happen. long as they continue to paint themselves as just children. Yeah. I don't yeah. think that they stand a chance. But I do think Tim Scott's got a bit more of a chance than, say, some of the others. Uh, maybe more than our man Vivek. But who knows? Maybe. Yeah. I feel like Vivek might might get himself in there with just the crazy shit that he says. Yeah. I feel like Vivek is a guy who will stand out on the debate stage. I'm excited for that. I need them to debate, right? <laughs> I do. I do. I want yeah. all of them to debate. I want them to come together. I need Trump to show up. Yeah. Inject that into my veins. Like, I need to, I need to just, for an hour, hour and a half, be glued to the screen watching a debate. It's like, holy shit. I need Trump to show up. I need DeSantis to show up, which kind of bleeds into the last thing we should talk about, which is that uh, a couple of sources have said, have claimed that Ron DeSantis intends to announce this week. Mm-hmm. Um, along with Chris Christie. <laughs> along with Chris Christie. Let's not forget about him. We got to treat them all equally. That's right. Of course. Um, Equal airtime. So obviously we record on Sundays. Big news always happens on fucking Monday or Tuesday. Monday and Tuesday. So. Wouldn't be surprised if Ron DeSantis announces uh, tomorrow for us, which is Monday. So If he um, does we'll run. See. Well, shit, I guess we all saw it coming. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't announce a run, then I'm surprised. Yeah, I mean, it's like the worst time for him to announce a run politically mm-hmm. as uh, for reasons that we've talked about. But if he does announce after we're done recording uh, and we don't get to cover it on this here episode or I guess 
we won't be able to cover it until next Sunday, then uh, you or should. Or Friday. If you come through at the live I was about to say, you EST, should May come through on Friday for our live stream so that we can all talk about it together. Maybe we could watch the speech if it's not done by CNN because then oh, we'll get copyright strikes. so cool. Maybe we could watch it together. Uh, that'd be a good time. But yeah, DeSantis might be announcing. So we might have our sixth and seventh. And seventh entry into the Republican <laughs> primary. But that ends us out on the episode, I think. It does. It does. I was I was thinking today in the shower, it's just how funny it would be to see Trump and Ron just actually debate each oh, other. Fuck. Because I just know, like, Trump Trump has never, he's he doesn't care about his, he's not a principled, right? Mm-hmm. So I just know he'll forego his positions just to get the get the dunk on Ron. Oh my God, I you know. You know what I'm saying? I just know he'll say some wacky zany shit just uh-huh. to dunk on him. And yeah. that's, I'd, I'd look forward to that if that were to happen. He'll be like, meatball Ron, ate the pudding like a dog. Like a dog. <laughs> like, that's not true. Yeah. I did not do that. <laughs> and then, it's like they're there with the and, and, yeah. and then Trump will be like, like a dog. Like a dog. And then it's over. Like a dirty, dirty it. dog. <laughs> the election's done. That, that's it. <laughs> anyway anyway we need to thank our patrons before we get out of here so special thanks to cricket scrapbook layouts nikki nine lives canon kraut lord t the radiant chris the postman christy beck talia cats 40 percent spite andrew harris mike chaplinski uh maddie's t omar zuno clayton lafed mark yeager sarah mcrobert dylan b cause caleb joy jim bobs carl d rich toro tari gavin meyer maldonado hunter w fergalaki max vasquez jacob rogers colton muberry fixer punk jim egbers jeff muzzy Bagel Burrito, Cincy Alex, Brett, Joe Stenstrom, Adrian Sandoval, Chloe Sam 601. What are you laughing about? <laughs> Colleen Cutts, Timothy Espinosa, Gregory is my name, Barry Yuk, Jennifer DeVoe, Big Bird Titty, Crawfishing, Beneth Bennington III, Alexa Benanti, Niche, Big Booty Beatdown, Moises T, Sam Maloney, Two Headed Boy, Jeremy Cadre, Ben Shabiro's Boyfriend, Jonathan Cassis, Luke O'Shea, Danielle Jackson, The World of Mi- Word of Microsoft, Jennifer Signs, Aaron and His Gundam Gundams, Darth Father, Aiden Taylor, Corey Chambers, Sewer Snack, Ellie N, Heidi Osgood, John Glover, Weed Thief 69, Devin Hatchard, Retro Mondo, Meatball Minion, Emma the Doot Slayer, Claire McMillan, Breezy B, Elijah Murray, Veronica aka V, Raxoon, Ash Smith, The Grotler, Gro- yeah, yeah. Hell Yeah, <laughs> Magic Ian 95, Flower Clown, uh, Jesper... Hengaris, Hengaris, and let Jeremy's mom. It let us know when I get it wrong. Yeah, for supporting the show on Patreon. Thank you for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week. Have a have a great one. <laughs>